Givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. It's another great day to live joy and share joy. Something that we are all very aware of is fire. And have you ever wondered about the ways that joy and fire go together? Have you ever wondered what it really takes to run a fire department? We're going to learn all about that today. And to walk us through this incredible conversation, it is my pleasure to welcome our special guests, Brian and Joanna Christensen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so excited to have you here because we're actually going to be talking about how the two of you and other people as well have actually come together to bring a new volunteer fire department to the Sugarbush and Strawberry Lakes region. This is a pretty big deal, guys. Absolutely. And so before we get to the actual project, let's talk about... How did you even get started in this? Do both of you have a background in emergency services, fire? Like, let's get a little bit about you, because I think you both bring something unique to this. Okay, so I ended up uh, getting my EMT around 2005 and uh, utilized that quite a bit when I was working as a director of safety and security, and then um, ended up going back to school uh, and got my LPN in 2011 and spent some time in the emergency department. And um, I was wanting to utilize my skills, and there really wasn't a lot of uh, options in the area. So I decided to look at the fire department, and I ended up joining the uh, Callaway Volunteer Fire Department. And uh, since I started, I ended up getting my firefighter uh, licensure and uh, was able to implement uh, and utilize my EMS skills as well. So that's kind of what got me started down this path. And Joanna, was your background more in fire or EMS management type system? Emergency medical services. I got my emergency medical technician when I was a senior in high school with my dad, who took the class at the same time. He has been a firefighter at Crookston, um, in Crookston as a volunteer for 34 or 35 years. Wow. So I think I took some of my inspiration for emergency um, services from my dad. And so I've had my EMT for 18 years now. And then that led me into my work as a nurse. So, wow. Time flies when we're having fun, doesn't it? It's just like, oh my gosh, that felt like yesterday. Okay. I have to ask you, what drives you to want to be in emergency services in the first place? And what what that might look like for you guys versus other people could be different. But let's start with you guys. What drives me? I think really the the passion for serving others and wanting to help um, and knowing that I can help in really intense um times of emergencies or crisis for other people. And I think that's why I'm really driven towards that. Um, Just knowing that I have a service to offer and that I have these talents and gifts to share. Yeah. And Brian, how about you? Yeah. And I would say it's just nice to be able to give back to the community as a whole. Uh, Sometimes it's fun to get the the thrill and rush of it. And otherwise, I just really like uh, utilizing my skills. 
Yeah. Now, I know for some people, it's all about the rush, right? We know that. I mean, that adrenaline thing for some people, I've got a lot of friends that work in emergency services, and they don't lie about it. There's something about that, uh, the rush, but also the ability to problem solve right on the fly. It's like, you got to make a decision and you got to make it now and you better make it a good decision, right? Right. (laughs) And be creative. Yes. Yes. So I I just think, so it just is nice to know uh, a little bit about who is showing up to help. And I think also just making a difference. Like you are literally sometimes with people in their darkest hour or sometimes at one of the scariest moments of their lives. My brother's an ER nurse, and I know that he has often said this to me is like, Deb, I'm sometimes with people at their literally the scariest, darkest moment. And it's not what anybody woke up expecting to have happened that day. So what an honor and privilege it is to also serve people, I think, when you're in EMS and and firefighting. So. You obviously are, you've got big plans. You all of a sudden realize, you know what, we need, well, maybe you didn't all of a sudden realize, but at some point you become clear that we need this volunteer fire department happening in your region. So tell me a little bit about how this came about, because I was curious, like, well, how far did people have to go to get services before and what did this look like? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I live on the White Earth uh, Reservation, and we're in the township of Sugarbush, and the residents of the community for the last 20-plus years have been kicking around the idea of getting a closer uh, fire service um, area. And uh, basically, I ended up having, or we both ended up having a house fire uh, that kind of changed our perspective on how important we view and value the fire service. So I kind of decided to really spearhead this project and get it going so, um, yeah, it's in the last three years, we've really started um, pushing harder to get this going. And um, that's kind of what's gotten us uh, started. So prior to looking at, because you're obviously just getting up and going, how long, like, let's say there's a house fire, like, was it literally potentially taking an hour to an hour and a half to get to some of the locations? In our area, you know, you could, it could be easily 45 minutes. Um, you know, cause it takes just to drive from our current fire hall, you're looking at probably 25 minutes, if not more. And then, you know, the thing is, um, not every, we don't have people in our area that live at the fire hall. So you've got to uh, equate the drive time it takes to get there. So yeah, quite a, quite a, a while, especially if they had to get to the end of our Right. Our, uh, township. Well, and that can make a huge difference in an emergency situation, right? Minutes count. I mean, this is this is a real thing for people. Absolutely. So I was curious, you are a volunteer fire department that is getting started here. Can you help us with what is the difference between a volunteer fire department and a paid fire department that has people there all the time? Sure. So um, typically, we see three different structures. The first would be a paid person that ends up uh, usually working for a municipality. They get benefits, insurance. Um, they'll most likely live at the fire hall and respond out. It could be a 24, 48 or more shift that they're on. It's uh, And so that's option one. The next one where I'm on the Callaway uh, Volunteer Fire Department would be a paid on call which means uh, we carry a pager, and then once that goes off, we respond to the hall. We don't get paid for carrying the pager, but if there's a call and we go out, then we'll end up getting usually like $10 a call to kind of offset 
um, some of the fees for gas and um, uh, laundering your gear and so forth. The third is a pure volunteer, which is what we're going to be with the uh, Sugar Bush Strawberry Lakes Volunteer Fire Department, where there'll be no payment um, to the firefighters for any calls that they go on. So this really, truly is, you are giving of self. This is really about being of service to the community and and serving the people. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is really an important distinction. And of course, along with that, which we'll be getting to in a little bit, is the fact that the money doesn't grow on trees, right? That this is something you guys actually have to find the support for. This is a big deal. Correct. Okay. So, Joanna, I'm curious about what is your role in this? I know Brian's really led the charge on getting land and getting this building and, and all of those things. Tell us about, is, is your, I know you're the, come on, we can do this person. What else? Tell, tell me what else is for you working with this. Well, at this point, I am... I feel like I'm back up and just helping with whatever tasks need to be done. So we've been gathering some gear and donations from other um, fire departments around the state. So I like to go with Brian. We road trip and go pick up gear that's been donated. Um, And my role is just really supportive right now saying, well, what's the next step? How can I help? What can I do? And I think um, my role As things progress, I'm not going to be an actual firefighter, but I will help with medical things or, hey, if you need breakfast made or coffee, I'm going to be the supportive wife and hopefully women's auxiliary in in the future. But right now I'm I'm a support person. Can you explain to us the difference between like EMS fire? Like, or is it the same? Tell us a little bit because I think people really get this confused. Sure. So again, it depends where you're at, but uh, to me, the fire service is a catch-all. It's kind of all of the above. Uh, so, for example, we'll end up going uh, on medical calls. That's our goal. Eventually, uh, we'll go to rescues, whether that's water or if a car rolls over or there's a crash. We go to wildland fires. We'll do structural firefighting. So. Um, that's kind of the fire service. It's it's all encompassing. EMS. When I think of that, I think of mainly more uh, patient care. Uh, so EMS on will come to a fire ground scene and help out, but they typically um, aren't going inside of a burning building and doing some of the some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful because I know one of the things that can get really confusing is like, well, why is the fire truck going out for? this heart attack or why is this happening well for some of them it's all together right it's it it depends on how those departments are running and i think it's helpful for people to understand that right absolutely and our county has um every department's completely different so some have first responder groups and that's what our goal is is inside the fire department lumping them all together instead of having each little silo division. How many volunteer firefighters will you have as a part of this new volunteer fire department? So right now we're sitting at at least easily 10 solid volunteers. The goal is to get uh, 20 plus. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was also curious about training. Are these individuals that are already trained or do they take a specific training to be a volunteer firefighter at this department? Yeah, so um, some people that are coming over, uh, like myself and the assistant chief, 
are already um, certified as firefighter twos. Uh, and some of the people coming on will actually need to go through that training. So that's one of the things with the fire service. There's um, firefighter one, firefighter two, and hazmat training that everyone will have to do. And then if we do EMS, um, once that starts, we'll need to have everyone do what's called the emergency medical responders class, which is almost 40 hours. Wow. So this is not like people just show up and say, oh, I want to do this. No, it's a big, it's a big commitment. So we'll go slow and, and uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah, absolutely. Sure, slow is sure and sure is fast. That's my saying. This is Deborah Gregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are talking with Joanna and Brian Christensen. We are talking about joy and fire. We're talking about a brand new volunteer fire department that will be in the Sugarbush and Strawberry Lake region. We've got so much more to come. We're going to talk about fire prevention. We're going to talk more about the volunteer fire department. But first, let's take a brief pause. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We'd love to hear feedback on the show. Have you heard a guest who inspired you or drew you deeper into relationship with the Lord? Was there a topic that really resonated with you? Do you have a show idea around joy? We would love to hear from you. We want to build a community of joy. Please email Deb at lifefulofjoy.com and put feedback in the subject line. Realtors Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty are here for all your real estate needs in Bemidji and the surrounding communities. Whether you are looking to purchase a home or looking to sell, call the award-winning customer service team to help. Please contact Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty, where you are their priority. This is Devin Gregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We are talking about joy and fire, and with me are special guests, Joanna and Brian Christensen. There is so much around fire. Welcome back to the program. So we've been talking about fire. We've been talking about this brand new volunteer fire department. And of course, along with all of this comes fire safety. October 8th is Fire Safety Week. It is Fire Depart- Fire Awareness Week in general. Let's talk a little bit about fire safety. What do you want people to know? Sure. The first thing uh, I like people to know is, one, make sure you have smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. And just, one, make sure they're working. Number two, make sure they have batteries. I can't tell you how many times I've been on fire calls where the batteries were pulled or not working, and um, it could have really helped to prevent people getting out sooner or even helped with carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, another thing that I like to remind people is um, have working fire extinguishers. Make sure those are charged um, and that you have them in places that are con- convenient, easily accessible. A lot of people will put them in the kitchen. Um, so Joanne and I had a kitchen fire, and thankfully we had a uh, fire extinguisher in our bedroom. 
uh, I was able to get, uh, we both heard our uh, working smoke detectors going off and we had, uh, I woke up and went out, opened my bedroom door and there was flames coming out of the kitchen um, and I would have never been able to get to my uh, fire extinguisher that was in the kitchen under the sink. So I just grabbed the one in the bedroom and I went and, and put it out and basically saved saved the house. So I, again, I'm a big fan of making sure you have those extinguishers at, in a bedroom and on all, on all the floors. Uh, the other thing is too is to make sure you have an escape plan. Go over that with your family. Uh, talk about how do you how do you get out? Um, if, say there is a fire at the door. Um, what's your next plan of attack? Um, so again, um, that's huge. You, if you're on a, a an upper floor. You may want to look at getting a ladder so that you can get out the window in case your primary escape route's blocked. Again, remember, um, check the door uh, to make sure it's hot, not not hot before you exit. Uh, if it is, make sure you start and put a towel down. If you can wet it, do that um, to prevent smoke from coming in because even a, a really thin, cheap door will help hold um, a, a fire back for a while. Uh, and, um, another thing too, um, I'm a big fan of is, is shutting your door when you sleep because that helps compartmentalize, um, the fires. So, uh, again, it is going to be uh, fire prevention week. If you, um, have questions, you can visit our website for more, um, details and information on how you can build a plan to work with your family. We should give that website now. I know we'll give it again, but let's give that website now. Cause somebody's already going, oh, I need to get those tips right now. I know sure. they are. <laughs> So we've abbreviated our uh, website. So it's sbslvfd.org. Again, that's sbslvfd.org. So fire tips, fire prevention tips. Uh, one I was actually, there's two actually that I thought about as you were talking. Um, so we ended up adding an egress window in our basement and it it's a t- it's high so we actually had to add a ladder into that so that if there were a fire i mean you you know you feel like the knock on wood right um but that my son would actually have to use the ladder to get out because it's it's that high right so that was something you were talking about the ladder most people think the one going you know down right from high we actually added one to go up and then the other thing and this happened to us we didn't have a fire but the snow and ice got so bad one year that our dryer vent was getting, uh, do you know what I mean, covered by that. And they actually, the fire department here actually put a warning out, make sure you're checking this because it can be very dangerous for people. So that, I would just add those, it's probably on your site too. But yeah, that's a great tip. Cause, and then to add to that too, making sure if you are uh, heating with propane or natural gas that... Um, your exhaust tubing is free from snow as well uh, as with with the dryer vent fire. And I guess you could also say make sure you're cleaning the lint out of that dryer vent um, to make sure because I've been on dryer fires. So yeah, these are they actually happen. I think more than people realize. Absolutely. This is a very real thing. Thank you for the tip on the fire extinguishers too, because I'm just sitting here thinking like, oh, you're right. Yeah, if this is happening there, how are you even going to get that? So. Because you're both involved, like EMS and fire, what was it like to have a fire in your house? Yeah, Joanna, you got to tell us what this was like. It was surprising. It happened at 2.45 in the morning, and I was shocked that the fire alarm was going off, and I got Brian up, and it was, you just never think it's going to happen to you. And 
thankfully we were able to get out safely um, and Brian was able to put the fire out. But in our rural area, if you are not prepared and trained to deal with these situations, you could have a really, really bad outcome. And it was, I think it was just really shocking for us. And um, you don't realize how big the recovery is afterwards, too. And I think that has given us a whole new heart for people who are going through this and just giving them our number, saying, if you need anything afterwards, call us. We've been through this. Yeah. So just really knowing what people are going through. Absolutely. Which, once again, even more the reason to support a volunteer fire department that's closer to home. So let's go into that a little bit, because obviously this does not happen overnight, and it doesn't happen without support from a lot of people. So with the Sugarbush Strawberry Lake Volunteer Fire Department, let's talk about what the needs are that you have right now, because obviously you got land You've got this building going in, but this is, it's not just that. You need pumpers. You need, I don't know all the terminology, but you need the right firefighting suits. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the needs. Yeah, so um, some of the things we need, uh, we need to get our our parcel that was donated to us surveyed is one of the issues we have. Uh, We're working on getting um, signage and paying for the county permits. Then after that, um, we're going to start soliciting funds to try to get, um, uh, money to build our concrete pad, get a septic, our well, and we're going to have to do a larger well um, than most places just so we have the sheer volume to pump water. Um, And then once that goes up, we're hopefully going to be able to start um, getting the funding uh, to build and materials and so forth. And then um, on top of that, there's a lot of training that goes in, so we're going to need to um, uh, do a lot of time training and then also looking at getting equipment like you had mentioned, such as our, an engine. We're going to need a, a, a tender, a couple brush trucks, and um, maybe a, a EMS or a rescue unit or so forth. But we want to start small. We know it doesn't come overnight. We're definitely looking at going with, you know, for the most part, used stuff because uh, fire stuff is expensive. And then the last thing is going to be looking at outfitting everybody that's uh, a, a member of the department because, you need the, uh, the the coat, the pants, the boots, the gloves, the uh, air pack, the face mask, the 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 Nomax uh, hood, and then the the helmet. And you know, yours it can be quite a bit of funding just to to make that happen. We're looking right now um, at air packs, and they're about seven thousand five hundred dollars just for one SCBA. So yeah. it's it's quite a bit. There is grants and some funding to help, um, but. You know, uh, it's still good to to keep looking and finding alternative ways to. Get- Absolutely. And I know, obviously, like everything, I mean, there's always a need, right? This is always something that, that people, they hear this. So sometimes people hear this and say, oh, I want to fund one of those suits. Where where do I, Brian, how do we get in touch with you? So how would people get in touch with you if they are interested in being a part of this? Yeah, so one of the easiest ways would be going to our website um, on there, we'll have uh, a ways to contact myself or Joanna. Uh, we have a phone number on there. There's also the ability, if you're interested in donating, um, you can, uh, one, send uh, a check payable to us to Bremer Bank, or um, we'll have a uh, PayPal account on there that people can help um, send monetary donations as well. 
Let's and, give that website again. Yes. So that website again is sbslvfd.org. Again, sbslvfd.org. Yeah, that's a, the website just so people can wrap around it. And, of course, they can get their fire prevention tips, too. Joanna, as we as they've been working so hard to raise these funds and you're seeing all these grant applications put together, what this is, takes a lot of energy. <laughs> it does, and it's a, it's a real work in progress. I would say it's interesting to look back and see the milestones as we um, approach them. And I think a lot of it, would not be um, possible without some of the huge donations and help that we've had so far from people in our area. Um, We had the donation of land from one of our regional um, members or um, can we? Yeah. So Larry and came off. We want to give a big shout out. Thank you for them for donating that parcel. It's, Probably one of the biggest um, obstacles we had. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and the beautiful thing is, is it actually put us almost center of all the, the main roads that we need to be to have quick response. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been a part of even getting to this point. This it, has been, like you said, three years, right? Just to get to this point? Yes. It's a It's a team effort and then getting people in our community on board and supporting the efforts that... Um, we're making with the fire department and we've had a lot of great donations from regional fire departments too um, for some used gear that they're not using and just lots of great people. So just as any closing thoughts as it relates to fire, as it relates to joy, uh, anything that you just want to really make sure people are really aware of, because this is an important topic. Yeah, I think one, um, make sure you get interested and if and donate your time and volunteer if that's something you can do. Uh, another thing is, again, make sure you're doing your fire prevention. And if you have questions, reach out to your local fire department or us. We'll be glad to kind of help you with any of that. Um, and then, I guess, um, otherwise, anything else? I think what we're really looking to do here with this fire department is build community and building joy through building community. Um, So I think that is one of the big main messages that we have. I am so thrilled that you came today to talk to us about joy and fire. And I am so excited about what you are doing with the Sugarbush Strawberry Lake Volunteer Fire Department. So we want to thank you so much for coming in today to share your wisdom with us. And we want to encourage all of you to go and check out that website. Can you just give us that website one more time? Yes, it's sbslvfd.org. Again, sb slvfd.org. Make sure you're checking that out for the fire prevention tips. And also uh, make sure if this is something that God's putting on your heart right now, please uh, just go and support them. I think this is really an important project because it serves God's people. Thank you so much, Brian and Joanna Christensen, for joining us today on Live Joy, Share Joy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us, and we greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you so much to all of you for choosing to tune in today. Please remember to go out, live joy, share joy. And we want to thank Philip Elke for joining us today to be our engineering manager. Have a great day, everyone. Live joy, share joy, shine.
is Deb McGregor of Lifeful of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.